are now listening to Web Oddities. Good God. I don't know if this is a bit. Like, I don't... Hello, no, everyone. No, I, I, I don't know if I'm recording. recording. Our, our... This is why you gotta start recording when we don't know it. <laughs> Welcome back to Web Oddities for our special... Oh, God. WMN Media Network bringing back the boys for one more episode. Welcome to the Streamathon. It is roughly... 10, 9, 20, probably? Yeah, that sounds right. Roughly 9, 20. Midnight, wherever you live. We are currently coming at you from the past. <laughs> Using the magical power of Streamlabs. Uh, it is currently you, you 11.58 p.m. on the 21st of, I don't even know what month this is. Thank you, coronavirus. God, God, what day, what day is it? Any day, I don't know. We've actually jumped to the time warp, and we're back in March of 2020. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this what is... I've done is I found a person with coronavirus, and I, I got, like, a, some spit on a rag. Very careful not to get it on myself. And then I took it back in time, and then I threw it at a politician. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like if patient zero was a politician, that probably would have gotten taken care of immediately and would have never spread. They would have been like, oh, no, it's affecting rich people and just locked that down immediately. So I might actually be a hero then is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think so. I think you're both. You are a terrorist and a hero. I'm like a like a terrorist for the good of the people. Yeah, you're a freedom fighter of sorts, except I, you use biological weapons. I, I, I give people the death, and it makes me a hero. I, that's good to hear. You created the coronavirus to destroy the coronavirus. Well, I mean, you, you are the Thanos of COVID. <laughs> Doesn't mean uh, like COVID is an infinite time loop that was always destined to happen, and I had no choice over my actions. Bingo, you got it. You're just a slave to reality. I'm a slave to Corona. So, Luke, there is one flaw in your plan. That, that involves getting a real person sick. And, you know, obviously if it's a politician, they're going to have all the backing to get better. But you're still doing harm. But you know what group of people has an equal amount of passion and devotion to keeping their loved ones safe? I do not know. Throw, throw the rag at somebody's waifu. Ladies and gentlemen and others, if you have the pleasure of living in ignorance of what a waifu is, just imagine this. So remember when you were watching Saturday morning cartoons, when you were like, I don't know, eight years old, you're watching Sonic X. You see Amy Rose with her big old hammer and you're like, wow, she is my wife. Now imagine you never grew out of that. <laughs> and you're like, don't, damn. You're like, I don't, I like we I should, don't know we what should. I'm feeling right now, but <laughs> I'm an impression. But this, this is basically waifus are a, a, a character that someone has a quasi-romantic interest in. And it can go from very casual, like just saying, wow, that character is cute and nice. They're my waifu. And it can go to absolutely fanatical to the point where you attempt to legally marry your waifu or communicate with them through dimensions. As one does. As one does, absolutely. (laughs) You know, collect massive amounts of memorabilia. Oh. Well, you know, it's like that reminds me of something. For loners. Yeah, exactly. But we're getting kind of ahead of ourselves. 
So uh, the, the stereotype usually is for like anime fans who are obsessed with a certain anime girl. And I'd say that makes up like 75 to 80% of waifu culture I, is like just weeaboos, right? Well, I, I'd like to add something to that. Sharday sure. personally has, Sharday's my girlfriend. She personally has two, maybe three husbandos. So I think, yeah, I think we should be inclusive of that too. Cause that's probably a, actually maybe even a bigger chunk. Like you'd be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Like husbandos is that's just the male version of waifu. You know, this same thing. It's based off of how um, I, I do not remember the exact origin. Like if it was from, I actually do remember the exact origin. I believe it's from the anime Azumanga Dayo. I think that there's a character in that anime who refers to his wife as my waifu. And that basically it just stuck as a kind of internet meme in the West. It's a, and then it's Husbando. It's English, right? Like it's a term of English. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just basically um, a, uh, a mimicking of an accent, which you, you can, you could argue that it's kind of problematic. And I think it is a little bit, but we're, it's it's so deeply ingrained in this half of internet culture that we're just going to discuss it because it's it's fascinating, it's fun, and I feel like if we censored the term waifu, it would be kind of just no one would know what we were talking about. Yeah, I think you could make an argument that like it's become its own thing now. It's it's separated from that waifu has gained its whole new meaning, and its very specific meaning that is like separated from that that like English root. You know, I've never seen someone like get genuinely offended over the term waifu. If I've learned anything over the Internet, as long as you say you're being ironic, you're cleared of all charges. <laughs> Absolutely. This is just, just just say you want to do it in Minecraft or that it's satire and you can it's, say it's anything. Joke, you can advocate prank, for you can advocate for federal crimes in Minecraft and you'll be fine. You know, even if that, like, just say, I want to throw a Molotov cocktail in Minecraft. You know, you're, you're set. <laughs> Absolutely not legally actionable. I want to throw a coronavirus rag at a politician in Minecraft. In Minecraft. You can do it. <laughs> there we go. Going to be a tax evader so, in Minecraft. Honestly, who hasn't committed a little bit of light tax evasion? Like, oh, oh, oh. Anyone who has worked in, like, a tipped job. Except me, I've never done it. I'm just talking hypothetically in Minecraft. But oh, for pro prosperity's sake, um, campus police, if you're listening to this, you didn't hear Tim. <laughs> yeah, if any if any police are listening to this, um, don't turn it off right now. You're not gonna <laughs> like what you hear. I feel like you should probably do something more useful. In like, Minecraft, I don't know. I I don't know what you guys do. Maybe just go home, cook some chicken. That sounds like a good use of your time. Anyway, do either of you fellas have a waifu or a husbando? Uh, you don't gotta say who. Let's fess up. I do. Come on, yes. Luke. Maybe. I do. I, I have a waifu I... and a husbando, and I am willing to say who they are. Do it. Well, let's they're hear both it. ironic. Uh, the waifu is Peridot from Steven Universe. I feel judged immediately. Okay. Uh, and the uh, I, I'm just I'm I'm googling who they are because I've never seen Steven Universe. And oh, the, or something? the husbando is uh, 
speed wagon from jojo's bizarre adventure oh my god that's absolutely perfect and i think you've made an excellent choice and that's the only choice you can make he also technically qualifies as a waifu. yeah he oh. does through technicalities he's one of the How few about you, Joe? a lot of hope oh gosh all right for the juicy teats okay first of all you cannot get into vor no vor allowed like if your waifu is vor centric I refuse to hear about it. All right. Well, I'm bit. not going to say my husband was Smaug, so we're going to move on from that. Um, <laughs> Is your husband <laughs> Smaug? Smaug? From the Lord oh, of the Rings? Smaug? <laughs> so, 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 so in, in replacement to that, I'm going to have to give my husband a wait, wait, wait. very, very well-esteemed character. What a, is your wedding wedding ring the one ring for Schmaug? They wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. able to see. And then you. I then I disappear from the wedding at the altar. <laughs> no, no, you put it on Schmaug, and then you ride away on Schmaug. Oh my god, invisible dragon would be so dangerous. Okay, I got it. I got it. Joe <laughs> puts the ring on Schmaug to be married to Schmaug, and then gets in Schmaug's mouth and is also invisible. That's too invisible for the you know, price of one. That's a good question. And. And a so, little bonus for. Oh, oh my God! No, you you brought it there. I can't believe you. I'm not going to forgive you for that. Practical so, vor. I'm just saying. Hey, I'd say. Hey, Tim, it why don't you do the audience? Explaining to the audience what vor is. No, nope. we could leave it. So anyway, um, waifus. Waifus. You won't regret it. Husbandos. Don't <laughs> listen. Nobody search it up. It's not for children. By the way, if we're going if by Nick at Nighttime, um, Nick at Night starts at 9, so you know what you're getting into. Go to bed. Listen, children. I don't even... I'm not going to trust Nickelodeon to make good decisions about children's lives, you know, after some of the stuff that we've learned about them in recent times. So I'm not going to say that Nick at Night is the gold standard. Oh. I'm going to say I'm going to go by Tsunami rules, which I'm pretty sure switched later. Oh, no. But I could be wrong. I'm not an expert. So, you know, most people at some point, they develop some degree of affection towards a a fictional character. You know, um, like it it could be fairly minor. You're experiencing essentially a parasocial relationship to a fictional character by watching their character growth and development inside these series or other forms of media. Yeah, absolutely. Like when, when I was... In middle school, and I was reading Harry Potter, I absolutely loved Hermione. I was like, wow, great, Hermione is my waifu. Like, obviously, I didn't put it into those terms because I wasn't a complete degenerate quite yet. But it was, um, for all intents and purposes, the same. And then she got married to Ron Weasley. What? You're wrong. Luna is better. I'm wrong? Luna Luna Lovegood is better. I 100% agree in hindsight. Um, and she should have married Harry Potter. And that is my thesis. And Did the fact that he Harry got married Neville? to Ginny. Yes, I think so. I'm pretty sure that that's canon, um, which I do not see at all. I feel like Neville is too boring for that. But maybe he got cooler when he grew up. To be fair, Neville's really into plants. Well, he definitely got cooler. He's, uh, yeah, that is true. 
Also, Neville got very really true. Hot. They could get along about that. <laughs> that is also true. He really he grew into his weird head. No offense to whatever the actor's name is. He's gold. I'm not going to make fun of children for their heads anymore. That's my New Year's resolution. And I've already broken it. Um, I think it's so, fine as long as we acknowledge that he's an absolute beefcake. You know? Yeah. 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 I feel like that makes up for me insulting his childhood head, which was, to be fair, very strange. Let's be let's be real here. But maybe that's just movie magic. Maybe he looked normal. But anyway, like most people, they have these passing affections. So other people decide they want to tie the knot. And they they have a more long-term relationship with their um fictional boo. Almost if like you an will. obsession, one might say. Yeah, almost like an upset. Not even necessarily an obsession because I am when I think of an obsession, I think of something that's kind of almost involuntary, where a person feels absolutely compelled to pursue it. But when we look at like the waifu culture of waifuists who are really truly into it and not um ironically espousing like, oh, this is my waifu or just casually saying that about a character they like. I get the impression that it's more of a choice they make generally because they're uh, quite lonely Um, because I think that there are absolutely some of them who do have an almost involuntary obsession, but a lot of them, they talk about how they made the decision to get into waifuism because they were like, I'm going to be alone forever anyway. Why not enjoy some quality time in my head with my favorite anime girl or Squidward, which is a true example. There, <laughs> Someone bought an anatomically correct life-size Squidward plushie because they just absolutely love Squidward. You know, if it was that handsome Squidward from that one episode, I would completely understand. You know, I'm thinking you about know, it, right? And I think there's a lot like higher proportion of kind of what we'll call them serious uh, waifu lovers in the East than there are in the West. And I think that has partly to do with the culture of Japan. Japan is uh, a kind of socially isolated place. Uh, your life, your social life is basically limited to your friends from high school, your work colleagues, and your close family. And a lot of people in Japan, because of that, like social um, structure don't have a lot of people they can interact with. So I think that that problem of just chronic loneliness is really amplified there. Yeah. Plus in a lot of anime, for instance, many of the female characters are designed specifically and almost solely to be appealing to men to be uh, the term is waifu bait um, where essentially just their main purpose is to get male viewers interested in the show because uh, they, they like the main girl or the side girls or whatever. And so the culture just around it kind of encourages more extreme waifuism because you know, you, you look at female characters in a lot of American TV shows 
And yeah, sure, there's a lot of objectification, but for the most part, that's kind of secondary. Um, whereas with a lot of anime, it's kind of the primary thing is just like, oh, look at this cute girl. Don't you wish she was your girlfriend? That sort of stuff. I know a lot of like serious waifu lovers and husband lovers uh, find their waifu or husband though through a dating sim, especially in Japan. Uh, and I think dating sims lead to that, can lead to that, because of the like level of interactivity. There's one thing yeah, if you're just like watching the character, but if you get to interact sim. with them on a daily basis, and some of these dating sims are incredibly complex. Uh, not quite passing the, uh, what's the test for telling whether an AI is... Turing test? Not passing the Turing test, but they've got layers and layers of complexity that you wouldn't expect. And that, that's enough to, I think, to manipulate or affect the human brain into correlating that this, this could be treated like a real person. And even if Do even you guys sort of build on that, um, like even if you think about it with like these, um, if any of these dating sims or shows that where it really gets into the, in, into the depth of this manufactured character, one that's, you know, these characters, for for the most part, a lot of these characters are being designed specifically to be as appealing as possible. So if you're someone who, you know, if you aren't expecting to be, you know, get the top stuff out of life, if, you know, you don't have that sort of level of, you know, security and confidence of, you know, the world outside of yourself, why wouldn't you take these, you have this essentially ideal artwork of a person, of a partner, why wouldn't you take that and run with this sort of larger-than-life, better-than-anything-you're-expecting, and immerse yourself in that projected, that that simulated relationship and the sort of mental gymnastics to get the most out of that when the, um, for whatever reason, your life factors around you kind of push you down from any of the ambition that you would attract you towards the outer life. Yeah, it sounds kind of like maladaptive daydreaming, if you know anything about that. Actually, the first time I've heard of that. (laughs) Uh, Maladaptive daydreaming, it it basically is just a term for a coping where someone daydreams to a point where it interferes with their daily life because they be daydreaming rather than, you know, doing things like going to work or spending time with actual friends. And so it's not like a mental disorder or anything. I don't think there's anything neurologically different uh, about maladaptive daydreamers. It's just kind of a, a coping mechanism that some people develop um that like makes it so that their daydream universe is very very extensive very comprehensive and uh the like what turns it into an issue is if it ever interferes with their daily life like personally i have a very very extensive kind of daydreaming canon that goes back over a decade but for, I wouldn't consider myself a maladaptive daydreamer because it doesn't really interfere with my daily life at all. You know, I, I enjoy things besides day, daydreaming. Do you guys have experience with just like 
long-term daydream realities like that? Uh, I've got some, yeah. Uh, up until about the age yeah. of 10, I legitimately believed I could do, like, imaginary magic. Oh. Like, I had a Honestly, you can't. Like, I believe you can like, no, like, I had, like, a series of, like, runes and incantations I needed to recite, and I had to, like, go to sources of power, but, like, I was convinced that nothing was happening because I just didn't have enough magical energy. I needed to, like, find, like, a like a power source, and through, like, a ton of, that. like, focus and meditation, I could achieve slight, um, what would you call it, like, post-human, like, greater than what a human could do. I could, like, if I had enough power, I could, like, move an object with my mind. Nice. Oh, that sounds like... That sounds like a lot of people today. Uh, and it also sounds like some shuny stuff right there. You should have your own anime. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, at the time, I was watching quite a bit of anime. I was just, it sounds yeah, like that'll do it playground to games that, you know... You're a little kid playing the playground. You're making up games with your friends. Just random crap for your imagination, but um, single player and for an extended amount of time. Yeah, but anyway, like a lot of a lot of waifuism, like Joe was basically saying, is just I think a form of maladaptive daydreaming, where basically because they don't have much in their physical lives to derive pleasure from. They kind of just delve into their imaginary world to get at least some fulfillment from it. Um, because, you, you know, you can imagine anything. Your imagination is endless. Um, but it's essentially, oh, a lot of times it goes beyond just the imagination. Like, I'm going to, I know I sent you, uh, Peeps, a picture of this last night, but I'm going to send you this again, this uh, Seto Kaiba altar, basically, which is one of my favorite waifuist or husbandoist um, massive collections of all time. We Just really because about of the first, insane amount of Seto Kaiba memorabilia. We haven't so talked to... Oh, no, we haven't brushed on that sure. yet. So you have a photo of a... Um, you know, it's just someone's wall. So, and and on it, they have a white uh, white table, cloth-strewn table, with just bunches and bunches of memorabilia, statuettes, of plushies, of prints. I think I see a cake with a kaiba on it. you got a cardboard, a cardboard cutout, cutout. The of kaiba. I'm counting... <laughs> I'm counting at least at least 21 copies of Blue Eyes the White Dragon, which is pretty <laughs> no, that's, awesome. That's pretty not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, if you only three are supposed to exist. If you really loved your husband, you would buy every copy. Honestly, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards are a great waste of money. They oh, really yeah. are. Oh, yeah. If you really loved your husband, you would buy every single Blue Eyes you could and then shred all but three of them. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's that is what you gotta do. Till you buy the cardboard cutout. But I'm going to be honest. Trash taste. How how could you even have a relationship with Seto Kaiba? He's like perhaps the most insufferable character ever made. 
And is it possible to do the exaggeration uh, and a uh, what's, what's the version? Uh, what's the word for uh, misogynist but for men? Um, uh, misandrist. Is it possible to be a misogynist and a misandrist at the same time? Because if Ooh. so, Seto Kaiba is. <laughs> I, I think that Seto Kaiba is just an asshole. Um, this is kind of an example of what else I'd say more affluent waifuists aspire to. They're at just the point where the they're accumulation. Can I ask you guys a personal question? Absolutely. In a game of uh, F, Mary, kill, I can say F, it's just a, it's just a letter. Can't catch me. It could be it's any, just anything. A letter. Uh, in the game of F, Mary, kill, uh, your options are Seto Kaiba, Yugi Moto. Uh, uh, they're all adults in this, okay? Okay, chill. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm talking about Egyptian Yugi Moto. This is, this is after the anime is over. So they're 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 all twenty. Who is the third option? One. I guess they I'm can't totally all be twenty one because they're different ages in the anime. So the youngest of them is twenty. Oh, they're all twenty one. <laughs> so um, so this Seto is Kaiba, easy as hell. This Yugi Moto, totally Joey Wheeler. All right, Yugi Moto, y- Yugi Moto knows how to treat someone right. I think we can all agree that. So obviously that's gonna have yeah. to be a Mary for me. Joey yeah. Wheeler, you know. She's she's a cool guy, you know. I don't. Um, I I imagine he would be terrible at pretty much anything. But, you know, I'm gonna have to give him an F because he probably flunked out of school. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> Kaiba kill him because um he's too cool for school. He's Kaiba. <laughs> I actually have a different answer. But I would uh. No, I you would... don't. No, you don't. You're right. No, no. <laughs> I have a different answer. Incorrect. Okay, because. Uh, I would, uh, I would F, um, Yugi Moto, uh, because the Pharaoh has all that experience. He's probably an incredible lover, right? Like he, he get, he can get an A in AP history. Right. I get what you're saying. Uh, but Joey Wheeler, Joey Wheeler's got heart. He, you remember what he did for his sister? He'd do that for you in a heartbeat if you were married to him. And then I'd kill Sadakai because why would I not? Oh, what uh, did he I do for his sister? He, I don't he gave remember. all the, his winnings to uh, for eye surgery for his sister. Oh yeah, oh, that's dang. right. What is it about anime girls and being blind, and then their brothers being sad about it? Like, I can think of at least three anime with that. You got, of course, Yu-Gi-Oh. Like you just said, you got Kekai Sensen, and you've got Code Geass. Um, and I'm sure there's more. And like in Code Geass, it was a double double whammy because she was blind and paralyzed. But it was the same in freaking <laughs> Kekai Sensen too. Can I take a moderate tangent here? Just a moderate tangent. It's Absolutely. Related. Have you heard about the Domino's Miku ad? Yes. Hi, I'm Scott. Oh my the god. Domino's pizza. <laughs> and speaking of my very common waifu. Hatsune Miku, take it away, Luke. Okay, so, oh, I don't know, what was it the early 2000s? Uh, Domino's made an ad in Japan uh, for a special pizza box uh, celebrating Miku. Uh, Tim, who's Miku? Hatsune Do you want to give a Hatsune Miku? Who is who is that? Do you yeah, want to give a quick description? 
Yeah, Hatsune Miku is basically just a mascot, um, and an anime girl style mascot for I mean, like a voice synthesizer or something. Basically, yeah. you like you. Uh, it's it's a program that lets you make an artificial singing voice. On Vocaloid, in case you're interested. Hatsune Miku yeah. has risen to the popularity level of a pop star in Japan, which is interesting because she's not real. She's a Vocaloid. Uh, most Vocaloids And she have... doesn't make any of her own music. She doesn't do that either. I mean, neither do our pop singers, let's be... <laughs> she just takes pre-recorded music and runs through Vocaloid Synthesizer and, you know, has her own, like, computer-generated voice. Uh, but she has amassed probably, I would say, the biggest uh, waifu cult. A, a waifu cult is a group of people that have the same waifu. Uh, and it's usually for uh, a pop star. Uh, I, that's uh, definitely originated from... Um, what, do they, what do they call them? Uh, idols in Japan? You know, you know Japanese idols? Oh my gosh. That could be um, its own episode. I'm not it sure really could. it would be like a web oddity, but it's an oddity. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Japanese idols are groups of, it's usually three or more uh, girls that uh, perform song and dance in, in front of large groups of people. You can think of them as effectively as pop stars or pop groups. Uh, the closest relation that it's we have like to America imagine is boy bands, but for girls. Boy bands, but yeah, for girls. Yeah, it's like if NSYNC wore frilly dresses and were exploited even worse than they already were. Yeah, there's some horrible exploitation that happens to. Uh, uh, I will say that they have a much smaller regional effect. Uh, like, they, they are usually located to a region of Japan, where in America, boy bands go national very quickly. Yeah. And one of. Yeah, and, and like Vocaloids such as Hatsune Miku have such a wide range. Like even I own a Vocaloid rhythm game, um, which actually your brother gave to me, Joe. Um, he he because he had two copies of it since he's as just that does. much of a weeb. As one does, he he had one for PSP and he had one for PS3. It was fantastic, yeah. and he was so good at it. Like. Oh my god, I he was well, I mean, an when absolute... When you're a wife who's cheering you on, how could you not? Honest, and some of the songs are bops. I would say at like, this point, Hatsune Miku is more popular in Japan than certain uh, like uh, American actresses are in America. Uh, she probably. Has, she's her own brand at this point. And you see her in commercials, advertising products. You see her... Uh, Domino's Pizza. And... It, one of the things that's funny is you would have expected to be some pretty shameless advertising, but you'd actually be surprised that uh, they're very picky, actually, about what they advertise through Miku, which sounds untrue. But if you actually like mull through the examples, uh, they're they're pretty picky about what Miku advertises because they want to keep up that uh, that public opinion of her. Uh, so mm -hmm. at one point, Domino's. Um, Domino's Japan decided to use Miku to advertise pizza for Domino's. So they created a special pizza box with a, like a QR code system built into the top of the box. Uh, and if you use the Hatsune Miku app, uh, you could watch a little live show of Miku dancing on top of the pizza box. And clearly, uh, what is it, Tom Scott, what's his name? 
Yeah, Tom Scott, president of Domino's Pizza. Tom Scott, president of Domino's Pizza, had no idea what he was advertising. And there's this hilarious clip. I do recommend you go watch it. It's very funny. Uh, of Tom Scott having no idea what's going on. Uh, and just advertising Miko. He has no idea. Uh, and the editing of the original ad looks like insane. Like they keep switching camera angles and it's just, it's just hilarious. That was nice. Note, that, that pizza box sounds like prime collector's material for someone who's really into Hatsune Miku. It is. It's going for, uh, those pizza boxes sell for several thousand dollars on eBay. Adjusted for yen, obviously. I'm not surprised. Not surprised, so, yeah. <laughs> bringing it back to uh, altars or hordes, perhaps. Do you guys know about the Lola Bunny room? Oh, that's I so know cursed. of Lola Bunny, and I know of the recent controversy of Lola Bunny. Yes, but so... That's what um, happens when you mess with someone's waifu. Essentially, <laughs> like, years ago, years ago, on one of the 4chan boards, um, I do not know which one, some dude posted this poorly lit picture of, like, a pile of Lola Bunny figurines and plushies. And with the caption, guess what I'm doing tonight, Co. So I guess it was the cartoon board. I'm stupid. Um, but anyway, he just very recently, since the recent Lola Bunny controversy, he posted a full picture of his Lola Bunny room. And he said he keeps three rooms in the house like this because his wife lets him. He is married. Oh, and he man. just has he has a copious amount of Lola Bunny merchandise, like an insane amount. Do so guys, he's either uh, you got the image. Uh, I, I, I'm not looking at it. Where is it? Is it in the chat? Okay. Um, y you know that means that either either he makes a ridiculous amount of money, uh, or his wife is into something equally weird. Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Like, see, this is on the level yeah. of, of suspiciously wealthy furry. Yeah, this was this seems expensive. Yeah, absolutely, because he's got he's got Lola Bunny merchandise. He also has some MLP merchandise, some just random stuff that I don't recognize, but a lot of Lola he's got Bunny. Got a life size a Lola lot. Bunny statue. <laughs> this yeah, is worth easily life size Lola Bunny statue. Yeah, this is this is probably like nearing 10k in just random crap that he has purchased and collected. I would guess and that so this this is three thousand dollars. Quite possibly, I have no idea how you would even price that. But <laughs> let me Google it right now. Life-sized Lola bunny statue for sale. Um. First result is Walmart. I don't think oh. they sell that. <laughs> no, this is this is. I'm not really getting any results, so Walmart it, like, it must be created. That's a cult. that you you put that up on eBay as the highest price, and you lower it over time until it's okay. That is. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that is an original prop from like an original airing of the Space Jam movie. 
because that's the only time that ever would have been made. And that was like put in a theater or something. Probably. That, Which means that it's like has to be the case. $10,000. It's got to be really expensive. But yeah, this, this is an example of like a non-anime waifuist. And I remember I looked at his Twitter and it, it's still mostly Lola Bunny stuff. But that may just be because Lola Bunny was in the news at the time and he was capitalizing on the fact that he was the Lola Bunny room guy. But who knows? He still loves her after all these years. I'm going to note that this is surprisingly uh, I, do I not respect lewd. Him? Like, like do you, you notice how there's not anything really lewd to this room? There's nothing terribly inappropriate. Well, yeah, so he's taking a picture. You might put it away. <laughs> Perhaps. Oh, you know what? Do you see that picture frame on the right? Uh, the big white one. I wonder if that's like a keyframe or storyboard from Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, is. that's gotta be. That's actually pretty cool. Loki, that's actually those. dope. Like, imagine you had a keyframe to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That would be an incredible collector's item. Oh my goodness! No, for real, that would be absolutely fantastic. I, I gotta say, I respect this man, and I hope he's he and his wife are doing well. Gotta oh. respect and the drip. I really. The the um <laughs> the, the drip. This this waifuism is more than just impressive drip though. There can be um some uh some uh how you say downsides to it. So I'm gonna read to yeah, like, y'all listening here today a Reddit post off the R slash waifuism Reddit. Just to show that, you know, it isn't strictly all feels good fans. I had my first bout of jealousy today. I don't really Uh-oh. consider myself easily made jealous, and I never feel doubt in my relationship. I'm a lucky person on the grounds. My significant other never dates in canon, and I I don't have to worry about the ramifications of that. But one scene from Danganronpa 2 that I'm normally fine with is getting me jealous. Oh, no. It's a scene where Frank is talking to Rebecca. And he sort of rubs her chin in an affectionate way. Two things you should know about Frank. Firstly, he's gay. This isn't me headcanoning or putting words in his mouth. It was confirmed by one of the writers for Dead Rising. Oh, it's actually Dead Rising, not Duggan Rope on my bad. <laughs> Frank rarely shows interest in women regardless. Second is that Frank views Rebecca like an apprentice. He feels the same bond a mentor would to their pupil, which makes sense. Frank is a seasoned photographer, and Rebecca, a younger, reckless reporter who hurt herself in trouble. So I don't know why, despite knowing all this, I am getting jealous at the scene. No matter what I know, there's this tiny nagging at the back of my brain that tells me he's going to leave me and get with Rebecca instead. It's irrational, but it's there. I suppose I'm just asking advice on how to stop these thoughts or reassurance that anxiety is bogus. It would really be appreciated. Thanks, y'all. And so what this demonstrates here, (laughs) this demonstrates that, you know, yeah, I mean, that was a beautiful post, not even going to lie. But the thing is, you know, this is more than just, like, this is just a comfort character that these um, people are going to for, you know, the sake of feeling good. 
like these can develop can develop into sort like to mimicking the feelings you would get during a relationship so conflicts can happen well conflicts drama <laughs> you know and these other these people have a hard time containing these um natural relationship feelings when it comes to you know other characters being introduced and uh, you know interacting with their wife or hearing about other people who share their wife it isn't always waifu cults but rather people feeling you know isolated or jealous and this sort of um the attachment can be an unhealthy one even outside of how it affects life on the outside yes is this gonna sound wild but like i can i can imagine myself in that position having those feelings not that I do. I mean, but. It, like, it, like it, it makes sense. All things, can, like, outside of you know, brushing off is weird. Like, if if you're feeling this, you know, if you're feeling the sort of love towards something, you're gonna naturally be jealous when something else threatens to take that love away, even in just a symbolic sense. Mm-hmm. That and, does remind you know, me. Uh, Sharday asked me to mention uh, her husbando because uh, Sharday did mention that she had a husbando. Oh, Sharday uh, is incredibly uh, interested in uh, the character from uh, from uh, My Hiraka, uh, the red and the red and white one. Oh no. Oh, oh no, I forget his name. You're talking about the dude with the burned face? Yeah, I should know it. I should know it. Oh, uh, Todoroki? Yeah, Todoroki. Uh, Sh- Shardy loves Todoroki. Uh, she's done, like, uh, reverse class art of Todoroki. What's reverse class art? Uh, you uh, you take, like, a, a like specific kind of Sharpie, and you uh, draw the image uh, flipped, like mirrored, on a side of glass. And then you paint in between those lines there. And then when you flip it over, it looks like an anime panel. Like, it looks like a scene from anime. It's very clear and crisp. Oh, that's cool. I like that. But, that yeah, that's that's interesting. God bless Todoroki. And may the My uh, Hero Academia fandom fix its issues and get its stuff together. Because they are an absolute mess. And that is the official opinion of U of M. I'm willing to <laughs> put that political opinion out there on behalf of the university. I don't think anyone will disagree with me. <laughs> of course not, sir. Of course not. <laughs> hey, is the Loli, Lola Bunny uh, issue, uh, is that called Lola Gate? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> Let me Google Lola Gate right now. See. No. I, there is a fictional a fictional character named Lola the Lola Gate, I guess. From the What in the Good Lord's name is going on right now? Tim, you've just hopped out. Oh, this is nineteen sixty spaghetti western. Get no, it? No, this is just this is just a bad spaghetti western. Oh, Tim no. the rabbit Shush hole. You. Oh no more body parts. Yep, Lola Bunny. Great. Good job. I applaud you. Ten laps. 
there you go. That's all you get. So I was actually, I was going to bring this up earlier, but we kind of, uh, we began talking about other stuff, but do you fellas know Doki Doki Literature Club? I know of it. Very, very well-known visual novel, right? Anime style, of course. Yes. And so it is uh, an American-made visual novel. Well, and he might be Canadian or something, but I know he's like, he's, he's a Westerner. He's like a white dude. And he made this visual novel that starts off kind of like a dating sim, but kind of transforms into a horror game. And a large part of the themes of the game is kind of a satire and critique of dating sims and waifuist culture. But unfortunately, he did it too well. And there became a massive like waifuist following of all of the characters from the game. Should we give a general synopsis of the plot real quick? We may as well. Do you want to explain it or should I do it? I'll, I'll explain it. Uh, you are general boring dating sim boy. Uh, you go, uh, you're in high school. Uh, then your childhood friend character, because there's always the childhood friend character, uh, she decides to join a literature club because it's light on members. And you, she kind of talks you into joining. And then you get to meet a number of characters in this, including the class president. Uh, what are the other two characters with their, their gimmick? One is starving and short, and the other is... What is the other's gimmick? I don't even know. Uh, you're talking about Yuri? Yeah, what is Yuri's gimmick? Isn't Yuri on she, she just she she's just depressed and lonely and she's yeah, she's just she's she's depressed and lonely and has big boobs. <laughs> so throughout the series of the, the dating sim, uh everything is going at fine. Until and a content warning here. This we may talk about suicide. Uh, one of the characters commits uh, suicide, and then at that point, the game like restarts itself, and we run through the loop where you pick a different girl every time, and something horrible happens to them. Uh, and the only options you are have are of the uh, the short girl, the childhood friend, and the depressed girl. Uh, and after you run through all three loops, the class president. Uh, who was not a dateable option, we find out that they are actually causing this uh, these unfortunate events, and they are in love with the uh, the player on the other side of the screen. Specifically, not the main character. Like, it's, uh, it's very specifically, they realize they're in a game, and that no one around them has, like, sentience and free will, and so they have fallen in love with you, the player. And, oh boy, is this, like, the greatest waifu bait of all time. <laughs> it it really backfired on him. He, he was, like, kind of trying to make a point of how messed up these sorts of games can be and how unrealistic they can be. But now they even have, they have a spinoff mod called Monica After Story, which is basically just, you you take that, you take the class president and she's just kind of on your computer and you can talk to her and like play chess with her. 
and it's just, just a regular develop dating a relationship step. with her in real time. <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, basically, it's this. This is just. It's not even a dating sim. You are dating her. It, it like, it's just missed it the point place. entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. This My is genuinely fantastic. Like, cannot be stopped. <laughs> you fight against the yeah, current and it pushes back. It, it genuinely is. Are there any other like, if you... topics we want to go over here? Well, uh, why don't we um now Twilight Sparkle Plushy Marriage? <laughs> oh yeah! All right, all right, we're going there. We're going there. <laughs> I got it. Just, just this is just a quick anecdote. Uh, Twilight Sparkle, main character in My Little Pony Friendship, is magic. She is a purple pony, and someone married a plushie of her. Like posted about it on Facebook, and then uh, they decided to get their own apartment with Twilight, and because they didn't want a roommate anymore, I bet their roommate probably didn't <laughs> want them anymore either. And so they published online that they were selling thoughtful, considerate, and effective advice on the subjects of love sex, relationships, and friendship for those who need it. And they were selling that advice online to make ends meet. <laughs> After they had like a marriage ceremony with their really Twilight Sparkle plushie. this hustle. Can I offer a budget alternative to the jar? You know the jar. I'm not going to say the first word, but you know the jar. We're not going to elaborate. Yeah. Yeah. You take a how can uh, you get two liter bottle and a Funko Pop. That's a budget alternative to the jar. How do you get the Funko Pop in the two liter bottle? You have to like cut it open and then re-glue it. Yeah, as one does. Oh well, that's just that... you got to make sure it's got a good seal, though. Yeah. Now, yeah. for those in the audience who don't know what. The jar is. Oh, we can't explain <laughs> no, this one. Let's um, not explain the jar. First, I need no, you to pull out your ID not. and ensure you're born at least on a 2003, January 2003, and then go look on Google the jar and see what comes up. Don't. But actually, <laughs> you know Wang. Wang actually just did an interview with the jar guy. Oh my god! I have not watched it yet, but he legitimately did like a video and. With the jar man. All right, homework, it's, y'all. It's fantastic, and I can't wait. Homework, Did the jar man almost so, die of dehydration? <laughs> I, I feel like he could not die. I think he's a more. We've all seen the jar. There's a lot of content there. <laughs> yeah, you you could call it content. All right, to to to, <laughs> to, to rope this back into selling our live stream. <laughs> Um, so we've we've explored in some very extreme examples of marrying a cartoon plush and living and moving in with them, um, having multiple rooms in your house dedicated as a shrine, um, feeling jealousy over. Why don't we talk about you know enlightened people on some more uh, more healthy ways that these people have been known to them. Um, to take their affinity towards the next level. And so of, of these more healthier ways, one of the common ones and, you know, 
more um probably more preferable ones is through the method of lucid dreaming. If you and the audience and you, my fellow co-hosts, are familiar with it off the top of your head, the um idea that love lucid um, dreaming. A, a lucid dream is a dream that you're conscious you're dreaming in. And so since you're con- since you're conscious inside that dream, ideally you can take control of the dream and manufacture it to your will during that time that you're dreaming. And so there's some um, different sort of methods people try to use to invoke these. You know, some they try they write down their dreams right when they wake up habitually and to give them kind of more awareness of their dreaming or, you know, other methods. <laughs> That's the only one I know off the top of my head. But, you know, you can, there are ways that you can increase the chance you got- of dream. Are you implying that people make tulpas of their waifu? Oh, they absolutely do. All right, let's not get over here ourselves first. All right, so lucid dreaming, obviously, if you have control of the dream, you can manifest your waifu. And these people, obviously, these people that feel so wrong, um, waifu aficionados, um, obviously, know their waifu like the back of their head. So they can, you know, usually pretty you know, readily actually manufacture these convincing images of their waifu. And, you know... You know what? I would actually say they know their... I would say they know their waifu liked the palm of their hand. (laughs) 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 Is that what the 3D figurines are for us? You You can get, like, every single possible view of the waifu so you can completely encapsulate it in your mind. What is that the point Perhaps. of the 3D figures? Like, like, so you can like view your wife. I'm going to say, so it's like you when you're drawing off a reference, except you're not drawing, you're mentally imprinting the design of your wife into your mind at all angles. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the primary purpose of figurines, but I'm sure that it could be a secondary purpose. Uh. But um, yeah, so lucid dream is a m- much more ready way that you can sort of build up to to try to immerse yourself. But there's a more um ethereal, more abstract, more um mastery of the mind way that I'm, my friend Tim here and that Luke alluded to early earlier. That yes, it's it's known as ex- it's known as extensive and rigorous therapy. It really will make <laughs> it'll make the situation better. <laughs> that is but the objectively if, there, <laughs> if therapy is too expensive, you could always just make a tulpa. What is a tulpa, Timothy? God is a tulpa. But um, more generally speaking, a, a tulpa is basically um allegedly theoretically because i'm not 100% convinced that they exist in a meaningful way they but allegedly basically you create a separate personality in your mind that as opposed to like people who have dissociative identity disorder where they themselves shift between personalities you create a second personality that you can communicate with that kind of exists outside of you and doesn't necessarily take you over in any sort of way. 
it's like having an imaginary friend that can talk back to you and has its own thoughts. And the way you create it is we don't have time to go into the process, but if you're interested, you can Google it. And there's Actually, so much information because there's a massive community interested in it. But a lot of people do make tulpas of their waifu so they can have like a slightly more real experience. Uh, if you're interested, I believe the episode of Web Oddities where we go over tulpas is uploaded to Spotify. Uh, so if you want to go to WMD Podcasts on Spotify uh, and you want to scroll down to Web Oddities, I believe the episode's there. Not 100% sure, but I believe it's there. It's just there. Watch it. it if isn't, watch, watch all of our episodes, but specifically that one, because that one's one of the best. I know the SCP episode is there. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it. Uh, yes, sorry. love the SCPs. Uh, so I think that's all the time we have here. We're at an hour and two minutes. With editing, that should be right around the time. Uh, any last things you guys want to say before we, we close off this episode of Web Oddities? Um, Rem is best girl. That's <laughs> a hard one to um, argue against. Uh, Pinkie Pie is the only pie you need. Gross. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be sh- be sure to stay for the upcoming act because whatever is coming next is better than what you just listened to. And thank you so much for watch for listening in. And, um, check us out on Spotify. Extremely out of date, but you know it's worth it. Oh, one more thing before we go. Uh, you gotta we get the nostalgia somehow. Give ourselves all an outro. My name's Luke, the King of the Jar. My name is DJ Monstrimonium, the only guy you don't want to listen to. And yes. we are one, two, three. Web, Web oddities. Web oddities. Just a theory. A odd web theory. Thanks for and listening. Good night, folks. Peace. Stay tuned for the rest of our amazing act at 1D and 1, 1, 1, the WMN 